Thanks for checking out the One Church podcast today. If you are new to One Church and want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at imonechurch.com. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Thanks for checking out One Church. If you're new to the church or want to learn more about us, you can always go to imonechurch.com. Now, here's this week's service. everybody doing today? Come on, you doing good? Come on, tell your neighbor on your right, you look fantastic. Tell your neighbor on your left, say, you look equally as amazing. Come on, we'll be nice today. It's good to have you here today. My name is Brian Sparks. I'm the lead pastor here at One Church. We're so honored to have each and every one of you here at One Church where God is doing incredible, amazing, amazing, amazing things. Uh, We are One Church in two locations. So real quick before I get started, come on, give it up for our Sulphur Springs campus. We love you, Sulphur Springs. So proud of all God is doing there. And uh, I, I mean, it just keeps blowing me away uh, that God is doing all this, all, all that he is doing there. And uh and then also, we have people that listen all over the world, so while we're at it, come on, just give it up for them, the people that are listening. No matter where you're at, we're, we, we welcome you. Anytime you're in the area, come in and join. I promise you, uh, we have the most amazing people at this church. They are incredible. I had somebody uh, stop me in the hall on the way uh, before sur- first service, and she said, I just want you to know that I have been to churches all over the area looking for something, and I've never been to a church that made me feel more loved. And more welcome than this church, and uh, and that and that's not an amazing testimony to me. That's an amazing testimony to y'all, uh, and how how awesome you are at loving people. And uh, I'm just honored to be a part of this uh, amazing, amazing church. And uh, and while you know, I just want to thank our dream team. Uh, we're we're. Uh, in the process of expanding our parking lot. They're working on that. Next week, they're doing it. Come on, y'all just pray really hard next week because they're doing a lot of work next week. We're putting in light poles and all this different stuff. And so, uh, but, but in the process, just so y'all know, the, the thing that has helped the parking situation is our dream team is parking at the hub and they're being shuttled back and forth. Uh, just so they can free up parking spots for you. So not only do they serve you, but they're also serving you before you ever get here by parking somewhere else that's not convenient. So can we give it up for our dream team? They're just awesome. We love our dream team. And uh, the fact that they're willing to do that and they do it with a smile on their... They, tur- they call it a party bus. Our, uh, our dream team's crazy. So... We, lo- we love them, and, uh, and just, uh, we've got Easter next week. Come on, I'm so excited about Easter that is going on next week. Uh, we have three uh, worship experiences for you to come to, 845, 1015, and 1145. Come on, y'all my 1145 people right here. Y'all are like 15 more minutes of sleep. Bless God. Hallelujah. Glory. Y'all are like, well, I already come in at 1145, and y'all start at 1130. <laughs> you know who you are. Y'all are like, I just get to stay till noon. I don't even have to show up till noon next week. So it's all right. But um, no, if you're, uh, and those will be our service times from here on for at, at this campus. So those, and now you got to make a decision. Y'all are like, oh no, what am I going to do? 845, 
10.15 or 11.45 are our new service times. We're making room for you because I know these, the, our services, all, all, all our, both our services right now are full. And, and a lot of times they're in overflow and we want to make room for you. So you keep bringing me people and I promise you I'll keep preaching and doing more services as much as I can. And so uh, we'll have three services Easter and then from there on we'll have three services for you. Uh, and so that's going to be good. And then, hey, uh, after, here, here's the deal is it invites somebody to Easter with you. Invite somebody. And, and I, tell, I, I tell you this every week because Easter is the Super Bowl. Come on. Come on. It's the Super Bowl. And, and, I, and I read this amazing statistic. Listen to this. On a normal Sunday, not Easter or Christmas, on a normal Sunday, 82% of people will go to church if their family, friends, or coworkers invite them to come. of people, that number goes up even higher around Easter and Christmas because, come on, people are, no, I want to go to church on Easter. I need to go to church on Easter. You live in Texas. I think it's an unwritten law somewhere that you're required, right? But but here's the thing is, 82%, but here was the sad, here's the sad statistic. 2% of people that go to church will invite anybody to church. 2%, 82% of people are looking and only 2% of people are inviting. Invite somebody. We make it really easy for you. Love conquers all. We have these bracelets. Please take them with you. We're not collecting them. We don't want them anymore. We're tired of looking at them. So please take them with you. Invite people to church with you. Say, hey, come sit with me. I'm going to be at this service and I would love to have you with me, okay? Uh, and then, then the following Sunday, the next Sunday after Easter, we have our baptism Sunday. Come on, that's going to be, I love baptism Sunday. And listen, since we're not portable, we even got a real baptism, like a baptismal. Like it's fancy and everything, guys. Like it's, it's going to be heated water. Say what? I don't even know if it counts. If you're not getting, if you're not getting baptized in a horse trough, in cold water. I don't even know if it counts. I'm just kidding. But, uh, but no, we, we have that. We have already have, uh, I think, 40 people signed up for this campus alone. And so uh, it's going to be an amazing service. And, and if maybe that's your next step. Get signed up. Iamonechurch.com slash baptisms and be a part of that. Let's go. All right. There was a, a man. He was walking through the grocery store. And his son was sitting in the grocery cart. And was screaming and throwing a fit. All the parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Seems like they act worse when you're trying to get something done. And, and he's walking along. He goes, calm down, Albert. It's going to be okay, Albert. Don't worry about it, Albert. Just relax, Albert. It's okay. This little old lady was walking by and she said, you know, I've been there. And I am so impressed with how calm you were talking to little Albert. He goes, that's not Albert. I'm Albert. <laughs> Come on, you ever been there? Just calm down. Just calm down. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You got a Bible? Turn to Ephesians 3.20. Theme verse has nothing to do with my message. I just heard the joke and I thought it was funny. Because you, you, you people without kids, y'all have walked by those, those parents and you're thinking, well, if they were my kids, oh, one day they will be. Ephesians 3.20. And then, uh, oh, I'm going to stretch you today. 2 Timothy 1, 3 through 7. If you, you can go to Ephesians 3, 20. And 2 Timothy 1, 3 through 7. says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, 
according to the power that works in us. Come on, just tell somebody around you, it's in you. It's in you. In 2 Timothy 1, 3 through 7, says this, uh, Paul's writing to his son in the faith, and he says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears. Why are you crying, Timothy? That I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that's in you. Come on, tell somebody beside you, say it's in you. Which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Come on, you know the Bible's redneck when you got a Lois and a Eunice in there. Come on. We just need, we got a Jethro, there's a Jethro in here too somewhere. Uh, And I'm persuaded is also in you. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Amen. If you're taking notes today, you can title this last message in exponential series, Faith That Works. Faith That Works. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear and here is open and receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, use me to speak to the hearts and lives of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Uh, you, you know, have you ever lost something or misplaced something? Uh, it seems like, uh, come on, raise your hand in here. If you've ever misplaced something, and the rest of you, you're like, uh, no, I, I, I'm a liar. Um, <laughs> Right, everybody's misplaced something at some point or sometime. It seems like if I'm going to misplace something, it's going to be uh, my sunglasses probably are number one, and my keys are the, the second thing I misplace the most often. I used to probably would have said uh, my phone, but now I have an Apple Watch, and I can ping it. Come on, where are you Apple Watch people? No more looking for your phone. You just go, boom, and it's like you're pinging it in the other room, right? You, you got people, you, you don't even have to look for it anymore. You can find it anywhere you go. But, but uh, the other day I was walking around looking for my keys. I couldn't find my keys. I was, and you only, come on, it, it seems like when you, you really need to go and you need to be out the door, that's when you lose your keys. And I was looking everywhere for my keys. I, I checked uh, the pants pockets of, uh, that I'd worn, of the jeans that I'd worn the day before. Like I'd searched through them, didn't find anything. And, and I mean, I go out on the patio because I sit out on the patio a lot. I look on the table, they're not there. And, and, and so I start getting desperate, right? So I'm digging through the couch. Which, good gravy, you realize how nasty you are when you dig through your couch, right? Uh, and, and so I'm digging through the couch. I don't find anything but old popcorn and Cheez-Its. Come on, it's, there's a, a bounty of those. And uh, I, I couldn't find uh, uh, my keys. And I looked through the recliner and, and still nothing. I, I, I even checked the drawer that your wife puts everything in. Come on, men. Your wife puts everything in that sits on the counter for too long. Oh, y'all are going to leave me hanging out here. You know what I'm talking about. It, it can't sit on the counter because you can't have anything out on the counter for very long, right? And so I checked that drawer. It's nowhere to be found. And I'm looking for about five or ten minutes. And finally, I realized something that I have checked everywhere except the pocket of the jeans that I was wearing. And I carry them in my back pocket. And I reach back there and I realized that I had been looking for something that I had the entire time. 
And here's the deal is that in 2 Timothy, Paul is writing to a son who is struggling in, and he's to the point of tears. And he reminds him, hey, I just want you to know something, that you have faith and you have a gift. And I want every person in this room to know something, that you have faith and you have a gift, that God has put something on the inside of you. He's put something on the inside of you. And most of us are walking around looking at, for something that we have with us the entire time. And God, I want you to know above anything else that God has given you a God-sized gift and the faith to carry that gift out. But a lot of people don't use what they have because they don't understand they have it. God's put something inside of you. The big question isn't, are you gifted and do you have the faith to carry it out? The big question is, are you using what God has given you? Are you using what God has given you? Did you know this, that $750 million worth of gift cards expire every year? $750 million of gift cards expire every year. Not because they weren't good, just because they weren't used. And I wonder how many people are letting the gift of God expire on the inside of them because they're not using it year after year after year. And I'm telling you right now that you are gifted, you are called, and God has given you the faith to walk that gifting and that calling out. The Bible says this, to each person, he's given a measure of faith, and to every person, he has given a gift. The truth is, is that you are gifted and you are called. Are you letting what God has put inside you expire? And the great news is, is today, if you're here, maybe you have to this point, let those gifts expire. Year after year, they're not being used. But can I tell you that you're still breathing? And the fact that you're still breathing, that means you can walk out of this room today and you can start using what God has put on the inside of you. Just like Paul told Timothy, I want you to know this, that there is faith inside you and there's a gift inside you to carry it out. And God has called each and every one of us to start using what he's put on the inside of you. Amen? In Matthew 25, Jesus tells a great story, a parable about a master and servants. And he says this, he, he said, the master was going on a long journey and he, he brought in his servants and he brought in three servants and it says he gave each one talent. Now, really what he's talking about is he gave each one of them money, right? He's, he was giving them money, but I think it's interesting that it was called talent. And he said, he said, he comes in and, and uh, to the first person, I'm just going to paraphrase it because I don't have a lot of time, but he comes in and the first one comes in and he gives him five talents. Come on, you know five talent people, right? Know people that can play sports. They can play instruments. They can sing. They can do, it seems like they can do anything and everything. And, uh, and, and what's, what's amazing is, is he says this, the, the one that took, had five talents, the, the master went away on this journey. And when he came back, it says this. He says that he doubled what he was given. And the master said, well done, thy good and faithful servant. To the next guy, he gave two talents. He goes away on that journey and he comes back and he says this. He doubled what he was given. And the master once again says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And then it said that he gave one, one talent. And it said in fear, he went and hid the talent in the ground. And when the master returned, he came back and he gave him what he had been given. 
And here's what's incredible. He got back what was given, but the master doesn't say, well, okay. He said, you're wicked and you're lazy. You're wicked and you're lazy. Can I tell you this? I believe that God would tolerate loss, but I don't think he will ever tolerate lazy. And there's so many people that are just lazy with what God has put on the inside of them. They're lazy with the gift that God, well, I don't feel like serving. Guess what? God has put something on the inside of you to use to better the kingdom of God. I don't feel like it. It doesn't matter what you feel like. God has put something on the inside of you to use on a regular basis. And he's given you the faith to carry it out. But here's the thing is so many people live their life like this servant and they live their life in fear instead of in faith what kind of mentality is this where it's safer in the ground than it is in my hand safer in the ground I would rather bury it and I would rather hide it and I'd rather put it away then take the chance of holding it and using it and doing something with it. Can I tell you, when I cross heaven, man, I want to have a faith that's been used and abused and had some stuff done to it. I want them to treat my faith like a dirty sock. Like they go, oh my gosh, what have you done with this? I want to cross heaven and go, God, I didn't. Here's the thing. It's just, the, the goal in life is not to arrive safely at death. The goal in life is to go, God, I'm going to use everything you put on the inside of me and I'm going to carry it out with faith one step after the other after the other I'm just going to keep doing what God has called me to do I want a faith that works not a lazy faith you don't get points for arriving at heaven and going God here it is perfectly in order just blow the dust off of it it didn't help anybody didn't change anybody didn't do anything but it's here just like, no, God, here it is. It's been messed up. But man, I doubled everything you gave me. I, I worked everything you gave me. I refused to settle and I refused to quit. And I kept going and I kept pushing and I kept moving forward. Even when it didn't feel like I wanted to. James 2.17 says this. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Can I tell you this? That there are times that faith waits, but always faith works. Come on, come on, this is good. There are times that faith waits, but always faith works. Now, just to clarify this, and just to, just to, just because I don't want anybody to ever get confused, you cannot be saved by works. Come on, come on. You're not saved by works. Right? We're saved by grace through faith, right? That's what the Bible says. You can't earn your way to heaven. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't behave your way to heaven. There's no way. The only way is to accept the free gift that is through Jesus Christ, and that's grace. Amen? And here's the thing, but, but that does not mean that works are not, are not important. That doesn't mean that we don't work what God has given us. That doesn't mean that we sit back on a couch and say, God, well, I'm just going to wait till you bring everything to me. The truth is, is faith works. Faith rolls up its sleeves and goes to work while it's waiting. We were taking my mother and, and father-in-law to the airport a few weeks ago. And uh, we're, we drive up to DFW and y'all know the gates. You got to wait through the gates. If you have the toll tag, you just get to go through, right? 
Well, uh, we, we, get, we get up and we got a toll tag, but we get behind a lady who obviously does not. And she's sitting at the line where she's supposed to be and she waits. And she waits. And she waits. And we're like, okay, my father-in-law decides to start using finger gestures. Not the kind that you're thinking of. He leans out the window and says, push the button. Because you can push a button and it spits out a ticket and the gate opens. Right? And he's going, push the button. She doesn't want to hear it. She puts the car in reverse and starts backing up. Now, we've got, tra- come on, we're in Dallas, people. Not, we're not in Royce City. We're in Dallas, right? And there's cars behind us. So we put it in reverse and they put it in reverse. And finally, we get all of us get backed out and we go to another gate. She goes to another gate because she thinks the problem's with the gate. Now here, you're not going to believe this. We get behind another lady, the exact same thing. She's waiting at a gate. The same thing happens. We go through, push the button, push the button. For crying out loud, push the button. Will not do it. Puts it in reverse. Finally, we get through. Thank God. I I must have preached on patience the week before. But we finally get through. And here was what was incredible is that I look back and both those people are still waiting at a gate. They're waiting for the gate to open. And here's the thing, is there's not a problem with the gate. The problem was with their lack of action. And I think a lot of times, Christians, we live in this automatic society and we think that everything is automatic. Come on, you walk up to a door and it automatically opens. You walk up to a sink and the water automatically comes on. You go to the soap dispenser and it automatically comes out. But here's the thing, is I wish I could tell you that all of God's promises were yes and amen and automatic. Now here's the truth, is that all of God's promises are yes and amen, but they're not automatic. Sometimes you gotta push your way to breakthrough. Come on, sometimes you gotta push your way to get to your dreams. Sometimes you got to push your way to see what God has for, in store for you. And so many Christians are waiting at a gate thinking that it's automatic. Well, it should just show up in my life whenever I wish for it or whenever I ask for it. And God is saying this, when are you going to start pushing your way to see your dream come to pass? See, here's the thing is it's not enough to have faith. You got to have a faith that works. You got to have a faith that rolls up its sleeves and said, God, while I'm waiting on you to do what only you can do, I'm willing to work and do what only I can do. And I'm not willing to just sit back and be late. Man, I'm preaching good on a Sunday. So many people just waiting. And we think we're waiting on God. And God's waiting on you. God, I'm waiting on you. And God's going, no, 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 no. I'm waiting on you. When are you going to start doing the last thing I told you to do? No I, no, I know what you've asked me for, but when are you going to start doing what I told you to do? When are you going to start actually doing what you're supposed to do? I'm going to give you a couple of things. I've got to hurry. The first thing that you need to know about a faith that works is let me just tell you this. When we show God our faith, he will show us his faithfulness. Yes, amen. When we show God our faith, he will show us his faithfulness. 
Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. There, uh, back uh, before World War II, or just when World War II had started, there was a young soldier who was being deployed and being shipped out the very next day. He was waiting in New York. And uh, as he was waiting, he, was, he, was, he went to the library because he was just killing time. And uh, he, he picked up a book and started reading this book. And, and as he was reading it, he noticed that there was uh, very pretty, nice, handwritten notes in the margins. And uh, he, he began to be more interested in the notes than he was in the actual book itself. Because they were very heartwarming, they were very sweet, and he thought, man, and he obviously could tell that it wasn't a dude's handwriting. (laughs) So he flips to the front of the book, and he sees this lady's name, and he thinks, man, anybody like that, I'd like to know. And uh, and so he goes to the uh, phone book, come on, y'all remember phone books, come on, goes to a phone book, he finds this lady's address, and he quickly writes her a letter. Says, hey, I'm a soldier, I'm being shipped off, uh, and I, I, I picked up your book in the library, and I was just, uh, I was very, uh, my, my heart was warmed by your, the, the notes you had written, and I was wondering, would you just continue to write me? And uh, to his surprise, he gets shipped off, and to his surprise, she does exactly that. She writes him. And they write back and forth long after the book had been done and finished. He, 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 uh, they continued to write back and forth and back and forth. And, and now they were talking about what their likes were, what their dislikes were, their family. They were talking about friends. They were talking about all of this different stuff. And, uh, and, and over the next uh, 13 months, they continued to do this back and forth and back and forth. And what they didn't expect is they began to fall in love. The young man knew what was happening and he was falling in love. And so he asked her, will you send me a picture? And she said, no, that's not important. Let's just keep writing back and forth. I would have done the same thing, right? You don't want to get off the boat and be like, oh my gosh. You got a great personality. She said, no, it's not important. Yes, it is. <laughs> Finally, the day arrived, and he was, gonna get, he was back in New York, and uh, he was going to get to meet this girl that he had fallen in love with. They had written back and forth, and he said, how will I know it's you? I've never seen you. And uh, she said, I'll tell you what, I'll be wearing a red rose on my left shoulder. He gets off the boat, pumped, excited, and all of a sudden, he sees this woman that is absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. I mean, looks like a supermodel, blonde, long legs, absolutely stunning, absolutely beautiful. And she's walking towards him, and he is excited because he thinks, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? And as she walks up, she says, are you going my way, soldier? And he said, uh, and he notices that she doesn't have a rose. He says, Ma'am, thank you so much. No, I'm not. Actually, I'm waiting on somebody. A few minutes later, he actually spotted the woman that was wearing the, left, the rose on her left shoulder. Caesar. She's in her late 40s, and she's not very pretty. He walks up to her, introduces himself, said, it's been such a pleasure knowing you for 13 months. I'd like to get you to know you a little bit better. Can I take you to dinner? 
The woman said, son, I don't know what this is about, but that blonde that just walked by gave me this red rose to put on my shirt. And she said, if you, if you come up and ask me out to tell you that she'll be waiting for you in the diner across the street. Now, here's the thing. So many people pass on the promise of God because it doesn't look like what they thought it was going to look like. So many people are letting the promises of God pass by. And can I tell you, sometimes you got to be willing to date ugly. Sometimes you got to be willing to say, you know what, God, if this is what it looks like right now, I'm willing to do whatever it is that you're calling me to do. Because can I ask you a question? Can God trust you to be faithful when you don't want to? Can God trust you to do what you said you were going to do even when you don't want to do it? See, here's the thing is a lot of times we pass on the dreams and we think we're waiting on it, but God has given us a trust test and most of us are failing that because it doesn't look like what I think, so I'm not going to do it. Here's the deal, is that if we want to see the miraculous, we got to be willing to do the ridiculous. If you want to see the miraculous, you got to be willing to do the ridiculous. There's a great uh, story in 2 Kings, and uh, this, this army is, is in, in bad shape. They, they need water. They're in the desert, they need water, and they do what anybody would do in that situation. They pray, and they ask God for water. And God answers their prayer and says, I will send rain if you will dig a ditch. Can you imagine? Just imagine this for a minute. Hey, Bob, what are you doing? Digging a ditch. Why are you digging a ditch? For, for all the rain? Hold all the water? We're in the desert, Bob. I think you got into some bad mushrooms, man. Like, huh? But here's the deal is that if you want to see the miraculous, we got to be willing to do the ridiculous. we got to be doing, willing to do what God is asking us to do in the moment, even when it doesn't make sense. Can I tell you that I guarantee you that I don't know what was in his mind, but I know this for a fact, that Noah felt absolutely ridiculous building a boat in the middle of the desert when it never had rain, and they'd never seen anything like that. And out there, he's in the middle of the desert working on something. And day after day, people walk by making fun of him. But if you want to see the miraculous, you got to do the ridiculous. David, I'm sure, felt ridiculous going up against a giant with a slingshot. But here's the thing, is that he knew this, that God, if I can use this, then I know that you can do something great in my life. Sarah felt ridiculous at 90 years old going out and buying maternity clothes. But God, if I want to see the miraculous, I got to be willing to do the ridiculous. Can I tell you, I guarantee you, Peter felt ridiculous stepping outside of a boat in the middle of the sea. But God, if I want to see the miraculous, I know this, that I got to do the ridiculous. And there's so many people that go, God, I want miraculous things in my life. I want to see you do awesome things. I want to see you do incredible things, but I'm not willing to do that. But God, I want a church that says, God, I'm willing to do the ridiculous because I want to see you work in my city. I want to see you work in my home. I want to see you work at my business. God, I want to see you do something great. So I'll do the ridiculous if you'll do the miraculous. Show show God your faith. He'll show you his faithfulness. If you want a new job, 
Start by updating your resume. Ooh. God, I'm believing you that you're going to heal and restore my marriage. Make the counseling appointment. God, I want you to bless my finances. Trust me in the tithe. Dig a ditch. God, whatever it is that you're asking me, this just seems ridiculous. It seems absolutely ludicrous for me to do this. But God, if this is what you're telling me in your word, then I'm going to believe you and I'm going to trust you that you are faithful. And if you promised it, you are faithful. And so in the meantime, I'm going to have a faith that works and a faith that digs a ditch even when it doesn't make sense. Number two. Need more time. Faith that works believes big, but is willing to start small. Faith that works believes big, but is willing to start small. Zechariah 4, verse 10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see a work begin. You know, here's the thing. Is that I've never had God give me something that looked like what I had envisioned it to be. I've never had God, as big as the dream was in my heart, I've never had God show up and get, deliver it to me in a, in a package that looked like what I thought it was going to look like. In fact, you want me to tell you where I learned how to preach? Was in the back room of Family Life Church to three people. I had three youth people. Three youth. You don't believe me? They're, st- they, they're on. Two of them are on staff. Come on, Pastor Nancy and, and uh, Crystal Figueroa. They they go to this church. Come on. But here's the thing: is that that I had three people, and I I said this, God, if this is what you're calling me to do, then I'm going to work what you've given me. And so I set out 50 chairs in that small little room because that's all it would hold. And I and I got a PA system. And a microphone, and I preached on a microphone to three people like I was preaching to hundreds. And if they said, why are you preaching like you're preaching to hundreds? I was like, I need to pick it up because in my mind, I see a thousand. In my heart, I see thousands. And so I need to preach a little harder. And here's the deal. is slowly but surely, God began to grow because I began to work. And as I began to work, God began to grow what he had given me. And pretty soon, that room wasn't big enough, and we had moved into the main auditorium. Can I ask you a question. You can believe big, but are you willing to start small? You can believe God for amazing business, but are you willing to start in your garage? You can believe God for something great, but you got to be willing to start small. You know, I've never planted a seed and had the, the dirt that I planted it in scoff at it. Is this it? Really? And the truth is, is that God created us from dirt. And I always like to tell people this, don't ever get a high and mighty. Think you're better than everybody else, because truth is, you're a dirt bag like everybody. But so many people are scoffing at the gift that God has put in them. The 
gift that God has put in them. The faith that God has put them in, put in them to carry it out. They're scoffing at it and going, God, is this it? Really? Is this it? I don't care how small it seems. Can I tell you? The dirt, the only thing the dirt does is go to, go to work growing it. And I feel like that is what God is calling us to do. Is not to scoff at the gift in the smallness of what God has put in you. But just go to work growing what God has put in us. Let's be a people that says, God, I, I'll, I'll show you my faith and if you'll show me your faithfulness. Let me, let's be a people that step back and say, God, I'm willing to believe God for big. But I'm also willing to start small. And I know this. That if I'll be faithful you'll be faithful. I love what Mark Batterson says. He said this. He said, if we will do the little things like they're big things, then God will do the big things like they're little things. See, here's the deal is to do what you can do while you're waiting on God to do what only he can do. Let's have a faith that works. Let's have a faith that rolls up its sleeve does whatever it is that God is asking us to do. Because if we want to see the miraculous, we've got to be willing to do the ridiculous. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, even as Paul told Timothy, stir up the faith. Stir up the gift. Lord, right now, we just declare in this place that gifts in faith are being stirred. God, we declare in this place that even though it may seem like something small, God, we know from small things, great things grow. And Lord, right now, I thank you for every gift and every bit of faith in this place. Lord, and I thank you that we're a church that rolls up our sleeves and goes to work doing what you're calling us to do. God, that every person in here that has put the dream on the shelf and put it over to the side, Lord, I thank you right now. God, that you're stirring up the gift. It's on the inside of them. God, I thank you that they know that they have the faith to carry it out. Declare it in this place. Thank you, Lord, that you can do exceedingly. You can do abundantly. You can do above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye still closed, maybe you're in this place and you don't know Jesus. You know, it all starts with Jesus, friend. Your purpose, your gift, your call, it all starts in Him. The Bible says this, that before I formed you in your mother's womb I knew you and I called you maybe you've questioned the calling maybe you've questioned if God knows you maybe you've been told you're an accident you're a mistake God says this I don't make mistakes I make people with purpose I make people with calling make people with gifting if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus can I tell you it's not religion it's a relationship friend with a God who loves you
If you say, Brian, that's me. I need Jesus in my life for the first time. Maybe you're here in this place and you know Jesus. You've asked him to be the Lord of your life. But the truth is, is you walked away. The day you want to rededicate your life to Jesus. Come on. You don't have to be ashamed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. But if you say, Brian, that's me. I want you to pray with me today. I'm going to count to three. And when I hit three, I want you just to slip your hand up and you can put it right back down. Brian, that's me. I need Jesus in my life for the first time. One. Brian, today I want to rededicate my life to Jesus too. Brian, will you pray that simple prayer with me? Three. Just slip your hand up and put it down. Amen. 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 God loves you, friend. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. Amen. Can we pray this prayer together as a church family? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Take my sin. And by your grace, I take your righteousness. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you all that I am. I hold nothing back. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Come on, give it up for every person that prayed that prayer today. One Church, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way and you would like to contribute financially, you can go online to imonechurch.com slash give. If you chose to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior or rededicate your life to Him today, then you can text DECIDED to 33733 so we can celebrate with you. Thanks for listening and have a great week.